my brain is not with me yet. This is Queen Speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work, to money, to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Hey, Sid. Hey, Brian. What's up? Was that what you were expecting? <laughs> no. Uh, not too much is up. What about you? Um, I feel like life is uh, reasonable. I'm <laughs> trying to stay afloat. There's a, a lot happening. I'm going away next week, and I feel like uh, that's something to, to mentally prepare for. Yes. I don't know if this, it's the same for you, but for me, it's always like mentally preparing to get on a flight. Not as much like the event itself. (laughs) I feel like I don't prepare for the event itself besides like, you know, the first round of things that need to happen. But like until I'm physically in the space, I'm not thinking about what's happening in the space. Oh, I'm just trying to make sure that all my work gets done. Oh, I guess that's valid. Yeah. (laughs) So with that, I've been uh, kind of keeping a close eye on, you know, some of our mindfulness tips that we've talked about a little bit combined with the self-care vibe Mm -hmm. um it's been really nice out here which oh praise hands needed it um so one of the things i've been incorporating into my day-to-day a little bit more is taking a walk from time to time so this may be a midday breather i live near a park so to be able to just like finish a project and take a step out the door for like a 30 minute walk around the reservoir (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just such a nice refresh and like i really enjoy being near water and even though it's not like pretty like waves or anything like that it's such a beautiful sight in the fountain i really love walking at the park and it's just like nice to feel the vitamin d soaking in and that's good like and because are you still because i know the last time we talked about this you weren't taking your phone with you have yeah. you stuck with that trend as well? So it depends. Some of the times I'm trying, if I need it as like a full-on break, I will 100% leave my phone on the counter. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm doing it as like a midday thing, like just, or maybe like a counting as a workout, I kind of like that, power, yeah. work, power walking, <laughs> um, I'll listen to a podcast oh, nice. and sometimes that's also like my way of um decompressing i also track it on my health app because you know how ah. so i'm like oh i walked you know two and a half miles today awesome that is a good reason to have your phone with you because i also listen to podcasts when i walk and I, part of me is like v- tries to be very good about not checking anything that comes mm-hmm. through i put my when... phone on do not disturb oh see that's good yeah. that's good so it's like one task one listen, one activity. So you're still, like, shutting out. Yeah. Good. And that, for me, I think it's really helpful because I'm, like, listening to someone else. It's, like, helping my mind reset in a mm-hmm. way. Um, but another thing that's that we've started doing is an evening walk. Dan and I will go out for a, a sunset. Oh. 
jaunt through the neighborhood. And I f- sort of feel like an 80-year-old. Like, let's take an evening walk. But I do hear that from my elderly friends. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> It's actually really nice, though. Because yeah. I feel like it's really easy to get into the habit of, like, oh, let's just, like, sit on the porch and have a glass of wine. Or, like, we'll have dinner and just kind of hang out. And it's fine because we're like enjoying the outdoors and it feels great Mm -hmm. but sometimes you just like after a long work day to like they say that it's helpful to go for walks because that's your way of like mentally processing things Mm -hmm. and it helps you like once you're moving you can like think of ideas better or like work through problems better i agree with that and i feel like it's actually helping and so for us it's been a little bit of like a de-stress walk and we go through like the pretty quiet neighborhoods around the city and it's beautiful very nice and you're in a really walkable area too which probably helps a lot like not just right by with the park and everything but there's other streets that you could probably meander around i love to look at all the beautiful homes oh yeah i I love the people watching around there too Mm. because with Mm -hmm. the park you've got a lot of a lot of walkers oh yeah so that's great i'm so glad what about you So I've been working on my time management. I feel like I come back to this every so often because, as we know, I, like, tend to be very regimented for, like, a specific amount of time. And then I was like, I've got this. And then all of a sudden, I'm back at square one. (laughs) So nothing has really stuck (laughs) yet, but such is life. So I, I think, like, what I'm figuring out is looking ahead is kind of like my way of time management, right? So like, it's not necessarily like keeping the same schedule every day as much as it is being aware of what my schedule is going forward. And I think that's a change that I've seen and have paid attention to. So like thinking about classes and meal prep and planning for the podcast, like I have to look ahead at the week instead of being like, I can go to the gym every single day because that is just because my schedule changes every single day. Mm -hmm. So being aware of that has really helped a lot. And I also have just really realized that like I need a full day of no schedule at least once a week. And like sometimes that means like a snow day, like my Sid's night off. And sometimes that's like what that looks like. But I prefer a Saturday or a Sunday that has like zero commitments preferably a Saturday because I feel like if I'm like a garbage human on Saturday, then I can like kind of re-up on Sunday and become like getting back to the gym and like getting back on track a little bit. So Saturdays I like, like not to not do anything, but just to have like a really loose... Like no plan. Right. Like, or like if there is something going on, like I've got time to like ease into it and it's not like a have to be here at this time type of a thing. Or it's like... If at 7 p.m. you're like, I'd love to go meet some people out. Right. Exactly. You can choose to do that if you want to. Right. And I think it's, like, helped my, my like, stress around having to have something to do, but also, like, feeling okay about doing nothing. So it's kind of this interesting middle ground. But, like, everything we talk about, I think it's super personal. And I figured out that this time management thing for me doesn't work when it's like a super strict schedule Mm -hmm. the same all the time like some days I'm like I can't get to the gym today because I've got this going on and that's okay so some of that like self-forgiveness a little bit of saying like not every day is going to be the way that you thought it was going to be and you just need to like roll with it (sighs) we all need a little bit of that it's been a journey for sure, <laughs> but I'm here and I like I really like giving myself permission to have that day. So like 
when I talked about binge watching an entire season of a show. No and judgment. Not feeling bad about it, right? So no. like I was like, I really need a day. I took a day and I was back at it the following day. So I think taking a day for if it's drinks, if it's like not talking to anybody, whatever it is, I think I now recognize you just need a day of nothing or everything. Yeah, and if you can work that into your schedule, that's all the better. Mm-hmm. I think I feel that a little bit when I know that I have required things on both where it's like you have to be at this thing at a certain time. Like I like to have a slow morning. Yeah. And so I feel you on that where it's like if someone if I have to be somewhere like I set an like a breakfast event for 8 a.m. <laughs> I thinking still can't like, believe you did that. Hey guys, this is I was up earlier than I normally am during the weekdays. I was up at seven AM when normally I'm like seven thirty, eight AM vibes <laughs> on a Saturday and I was like, Why did I do this to myself? I thought that when I woke up at eight that day and I was I was like, Wow, she's already like fully in it. Yeah. But it was awesome to be able to like start my day with it Mm -hmm. and then it ended up being super fun it's just like motivating yourself when you know like oh this is technically my like full day off Mm -hmm. but to know that you have to start your day with a thing that you like need to do (laughs) it was breakfast so it was like so it's okay yeah delicious and it was like the middle ground of like work and play yeah so kind of like all came together that way too yeah but i think that that's something that's important for both of us to like keep in mind as we're mapping out our time management plans and everyone else is like, what is it that you love the most Mm -hmm. about that time? And like, how do you incorporate that into your life and take your day off in a doable way? Appropriately. Yeah. Always appropriately. (laughs) Well, that's good. So what is inspiring you this week, Brian? I found this lovely article shared by a coworker, this followed a team call that we had on uh, career development, like continued career development. And I know that this is something that we've talked about um, in a past episode, uh, but the it was a Harvard Business Review article called Four Habits of People Who Are Always Learning New Skills. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is right up our alley. And, and right you know up I love your a, alley. a short list. I don't like a 10-point list. Like a four, four, four that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that... Just in general, to have that, like, desire to pursue future opportunities, to just continue to learn. I'm definitely one of those people that kind of tries to look outside the scope of what I do um, to get inspiration or at least just perspective on a different area of the world so it can, like, inspire creativity in some sense. For sure. And so if you're in the opportunity in a place where – you're looking for a job or have a job. These are things like being able to grow and develop your skills and having whether it's budget to do it or the opportunity to attend conferences and your employer being open to, you know, covering the costs of those things. Yep. That's a huge perk. So I think just calling that out as something to to pay attention to, I think is really important today. And I think it's important for people as they're out and exploring what's next because I think it's really scary to think about like losing touch with what's happening yeah when everything changes so quickly so that kind of is like the foundation of like I like to learn new things so that I'm like relevant yeah although I haven't gotten gotten like the snapchat vibe down so I just can't get on board with it not for me 
I mean, I... Or I, from a business standpoint. Yeah, Thinking about too. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> from what we're talking about. But I almost think, like, when all that stuff went down with them and they made, like, a really, really bad move with some of their advertising with the Rihanna and Chris Brown thing, mm-hmm. I was so disappointed. I had already deleted it at that point because I just don't like it. But then when they did that, I was like, they're so crazy tone deaf that I don't want anything to do with them. Yikes. So I have just said, no, thank you, Snapchat. I will never (laughs) use you or participate on your platform ever again. So I think that this, uh, that exactly feeds into exactly what the article shares is there were key things that piqued my interest in like why it's important to learn new skills thinking about what's actually relevant and trending in your industry so snapchat's not hot anymore (laughs) and you're in social media best be out of it maybe think about what's coming soon i think one of the things because again like a foundation of what i do has a lot to do with marketing um and so now there's a greater like the generation before the millennials what are they gen gen z gen z yes (laughs) And thinking about like their future buying habits there. And I feel like there are more articles that are like preparing us for this. Yes. And so it's kind of thinking about like, how do these people think differently? Because now as I'm in my thirties, like I'm like, I'm you're not. out of touch. <laughs> I'm touch guys. So thinking about what's relevant and trending in your industry and what are other, like as you're looking just for, um, for reference, job descriptions, what are the mm-hmm. skills and requirements Ooh, needed? Great idea. So that might be, you know, people that you're asking in your industry, people that work in kind of like a similar field, but maybe different, a different arena or a different like range, whether it's like business to business or mm-hmm. consumers, how they're doing what they're doing, but staying on top of what's happening so that you know, like, hey, if I ever do anything differently, it might be important for me to have this certification or just some kind of training in the scope. And it was actually something that I passed on to my intern recently was like, here's some things like you're in school right now still, but if you're going to be out in the world and still trying to figure out, like, especially thinking about someone who's 21, you're like, you haven't really explored anything so you could do anything. Right. So to say to them like, hey, this is something that can actually make you like a better individual for on from a job applicant standpoint marketable yeah yeah changes the game um i think the other thing that's important to consider is what your learning style is Mm. so there's so much to consume on the internet right now but are you the type of person that can do a solo class and be responsible for handling things on your own or do you need the type of um training or course experience from an online standpoint of being able to interact with either other participants or maybe the teacher or instructor or professor that's leading the course right. so that you can kind of like, you know, check yourself. Um, but I think that's an issue from like an online uh, training standpoint mm-hmm. is that people drop off because they're like, no one's checking me. So whatever. Right. And that's and it's not and that's like I feel like kind of a fallacy is, you know, people could be checking you or they want to be checking in or something like that. But how do you hold yourself accountable mm-hmm. when you're doing the online thing? Like, is there somebody that's going to ask you or friend or something that's going to say like, hey, did you do that thing that you said you were on, wanted to do and we're going to do? Maybe like transitioning that way yeah um the other thing is that as you learn these things or learn a new skill or get a certification put whatever it was that you learned immediately into practice Mm -hmm. maybe it's creating a strategy or maybe it's like you know 
building that vision board that you took a course on. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) So if you're learning something and everything is fresh in your mind, it's super important to make it stick and do it immediately so that you kind of capture that experience to its fullest. Right. And I think you even mentioned that when you were talking about um, some of the coursework you had, Mm -hmm. actually being able to read through the case studies and then follow up with questions and then like the class discussion and all of that and like how it all kind of fed into this beautiful beast of learning. Right. And how it like it really makes it does make it stick because you're now forced to not just like listen, but actively listen Mm -hmm. and then participate instantly and make sure that like, you know, why you just sat in a room for however long or sat online for however long. And it it doesn't do anything to not put it into practice immediately, especially when it comes to I mean, for coursework, it was great because it helped me do better in my classes. But for something like your job, or something like you want to make yourself stand out among a bunch of people who might be competing in the same world that you are. Mm -hmm. It's super important to know what you're talking about. And it feels really good to know what you're talking about and not feel like you're just like spinning someone's wheel for an hour while you talk to them. Oh, yeah. So that's great. I will need to read that because it's a short list, which again is my fave. But I think that there is kind of there's always something to people who are constantly and craving like something new or how do they apply it back to their work or their personal life or something like that. So I'll have to take a look. Yeah. What's on your... uh inspo list today so this week i went with the glamour 2018 college women of the year so glamour has been doing this for like six decades college women of the year so part of the reason i know that is because i read this article but the other reason i know that is because at uh where i work full-time i work at um, nazareth college and one of our alums from the class of 1964 was on this list one Heck year yes. when she was a senior in 1964. So during her 50th reunion, it was super cool because she brought in her Glamour magazine from that year with her photo. She's like, they flew us, I think, to like Australia, she said. Oh my gosh. So really cool. And I, I look at this every year because I think it is super inspiring and it's really awesome to see what, what young women are accomplishing and and really putting into practice and 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 getting other people on board to see what the issues are and how they can be part of a movement of some kind but it was really super rad to know that someone i know was also on this list at some point uh, like a little over 50 years ago so yeah it was really cool but the thing that i liked about this article in addition to what um the women have accomplished and we'll share the article so you can see all these really cool things that these women are doing but the author of the article has done this for i think she said the like the last three years but i think what i loved about it is that she was like you'd think i'd be depressed about all the things that i haven't accomplished by watching these women who are like 18 to like 22 and see like what they've already gotten themselves on the map for what they're winning awards for and she's like but it actually just makes me really hopeful for what is coming and what our future looks like because of women like them and I thought that was a great perspective because in the world we live in it's all like you know 10 under 10 lists (laughs) (laughs) like to exaggerate a little bit (laughs) 
who is the youngest entrepreneur and how do we Ever. celebrate them? And you're like, I'm nothing. <laughs> right, right. You're like, exactly. I'm just an individual contributor. And yeah, that's all I am these days. But like, you know, we do have the 20, like, I think there's a 30 under 30 and you're 30 now. I, I'm 28. Qualify. Well, you're sitting there being like, wow, that's super exciting. And, but like, it's not realistic for a lot of people. And same with even 40 under 40 and on the way up. But I, I loved her perspective of being like, this is not a reason to feel discouraged or feel like you haven't done anything. It's a reason to know that there are people out there who you can join their movement and you can see what they're doing, but they're doing really exciting things that will save our future. So that was really cool. And it was like, you know, just the intro paragraph that she wrote. um, And then it went into the whole list. But I just think that was a great perspective that we don't get to hear as much as people saying like, well, I'm never going to get on a 30 under 30 list because I'm 35 now. (laughs) Like, you're right. But what are you working on? And it's, it's not that it doesn't matter. It's just that people make lists and sometimes you don't get on them. And that's, that's not bad. So Sid, give it to me straight. Okay, this week we're talking about something that can feel uncomfortable, but we're going to try and turn around to make it feel like something fun and exciting that can always be helpful, and that is feedback. Yes, we love this. We love this topic because it's one of those things that seems scary and awful and terrifying, but I think it's important because we as people need to continuously learn and grow. Absolutely. So the four reasons why feedback is an important communication tool, as I heard and read, is that the things that I read, I was like, wow, I never thought of it that way. And I've always been a big fan of feedback. Mm -hmm. I think that it's really important, even when it's bad. um, It's helpful, hopefully, in some way and helps you just like sit with it and internalize it and figure it out. But these are all positive. And I you just don't get that as often from like, if you're soliciting feedback from your supervisor or from a friend or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, So it unlocks change and innovation, which that feels incredibly positive to me. Because again, if you think of it that way, then it won't be as scary either asking for it or getting it. Like if you haven't asked for it, and you just receive it. (laughs) Or if you actually ask for it, and you're ready for it, like bracing yourself. Um, It's an opportunity to motivate. And I thought that that was really good. Because again, like all of these can be flipped, like you can flip anything that's negative, like really looking at the center of what it is, and not like the fluff around it really helps you lock into how it's going to actually help you. Um, It's essential to development of your performance, and it promotes growth. And I thought that that is obviously very true. That's why we have (laughs) performance reviews and that's why we solicit feedback on our performance reviews because it's supposed it's meant to help you develop i think there's always been this narrative and i'm now in an hr development program and i know that like hr people have always looked at like it been looked at as like they're coming for you or something like they just have it out for you and learning more and more about this program and like HR in general, it's really not that unless it is but i think for the most part hr people are hired and their strength is helping people improve. They're just not seen as positive for whatever reason. And they haven't been for some time, which is sad because I think for the most part, that's what they want to do. And they are the ones that put together performance evaluations for the most part. And if you really dig into them, it's not to say like, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. It's like, okay, if you didn't get here, why? And how do we work on it for next time? Mm -hmm. Unless you're like really tanking for some reason, 
figuring out how you're going to get better is is the point of all of it. Um, and it's a way to keep learning, obviously, because it's helping us improve and it helps you sit back and say, okay, where do I start from here? Where do I go next? Um, and my favorite one this is actually five reasons. My bad. Um, it prevents us... Tossed in an extra one. <laughs> bonus. <laughs> it prevents us from being stuck or discouraged. I mean, can you imagine if you never solicited or received feedback, you would just be on a conveyor belt forever. Like if you never asked for any way to get better, if you were never curious about how you were doing, no one is perfect. So starting there, but it like, if you start to feel like I'm not doing anything anymore, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm growing. It's like, okay, well take, why, why do you feel that way? It's probably because you're not asking for any help or feedback on how you're doing in general. So I thought that that was a good, a good little bonus as well that that is like that stuck feeling can be fixed and it can be fixed with feedback I think it's important to consider the fact that we do need to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. sometimes to grow and we've talked about this many times before and in different capacities but that opportunity to take that information that someone's giving you and say how can I challenge myself how can I take this and improve something that I didn't realize was holding me back right and once you have that information you can kind of push yourself into that discomfort zone again and pursue like instead of the conveyor belt it's like you know you're hiking the mountains it's it's gonna be hard but it's it's, uphill battle there's a payoff those beautiful vistas (laughs) that's what i'm always hiking toward (laughs) the vistas (laughs) you're like count me out I will take a flat land that eventually leads to a winery. That's, you know, that's my, that's my pushing myself, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my uphill battle. (laughs) Um, I think we want to pair this also with a little bit of the self-awareness conversation, because I think when you, if if you're the one asking for feedback, obviously you're self-aware enough to know that you should, you should be asking for it. But I think on top of that, it's also saying, okay, I've asked for this. And sometimes people like really expect to hear nothing but positive things, I think, when they ask for feedback. So if you're getting something that is like an improvement point, that self-awareness to say, okay, like, let me not take that super serious or not super seriously, but super personally Mm -hmm. and look at it as like what exactly what it should be, which is an improvement point. So I think that takes some self-awareness to separate the two and know how to move forward by using it to your advantage and using it to motivate versus discourage. I agree. I think that that piece is really important because that's you taking that feedback and morphing it into this personal growth opportunity. So you can say to yourself, like, hey, this thing came up. I'm now realizing that maybe I need to get additional training. Like, we're not all perfect human beings. Right. So, and especially if you're younger, like, you're learning. So you should be getting feedback and you should be accepting, like, hey, I'm giving you these edits on X, Y, and Z thing because it's something that's going to help you become a better writer, become a better whatever it is that you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Right. Um, but that individual that's giving you feedback is doing it to help you grow. So what are the things that you can adjust and make improvements on? Um, how are people perceiving you? And does that actually match up with how you want to come off as an individual? Yeah. Um, and I think the biggest thing with this is that what are we doing and why are we doing it? Right. So to have that full scope of awareness will help you kind of trudge ahead and at least make 
much faster progress. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there was a book that I saw, well, read about. Jeez, I'm... There was a book that I read about that's, like, totally dedicated to feedback. And I was like, there's a book for everything. Just like there's a an app for everything, there's a book for everything. <laughs> book started it all. <laughs> no. Stop. So it's called Thanks for the Feedback, The Art and Science of Receiving Feedback Well. And I thought the breakdown that they had was really, like, and I haven't read this book, but I read a little, like, excerpt about it. And it really talks about the difference between soliciting feedback in relationships and at work. And we talk a little bit about both of them in this episode. So in relationships, it makes them stronger and provides more trust. And at work, it it goes toward, like, higher performance and job satisfaction. Now, I think that, you know, maybe not higher performance and job satisfaction in relationships probably shouldn't feel like a job. But I think... Think that the relationship piece of stronger and provides more trust absolutely can be utilized at work too because you want to trust the people that you're working with and you want to like feel like the relationship you have with your coworkers is strong and is solid and is going somewhere but I think like making those distinctions helps people solicit feedback differently and we'll talk about that too later in the episode but I think at work you know, we're, we're obviously like working toward a goal. We all have goals, most likely. But that job satisfaction piece is the one that like kind of took me by surprise a little bit that they said, getting feedback actually likes you make helps you like your job more. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's an interesting correlation. And you think like, why is that? And it's because you're, you're at work every single day, like you're at work more than you see some of your favorite people, I imagine. And so to like what you're doing and like how you're doing it and feel good about the progress that you're making is a really important aspect to making all of that happen. So of course, when you're soliciting feedback to get that like piece of job satisfaction out of it is an, a natural correlation that I didn't even actually really think of before we started talking about this topic. I think it makes a lot of sense because if you're coming into the office every day and people aren't being honest with you, that's when the like conversations behind people's backs of like Timmy's not doing his job. And if you're honest and upfront about what needs to be done, I read an article recently that talked about how um, they, like, screwed this one guy. He ended up getting fired. (laughs) But the reason he got fired was because they were like, well, do we give him the feedback? Or, like, you're not really a good fit for this role, but we're just going to, like, keep it going until it's really bad. And then he's like, I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me? Right. And in that situation, it's like, if you don't know, sometimes you don't know. And you need someone to tell you, like, hey, dude. Here's something that's going wrong. Right. And then they can, you know, switch it and f- flip it to a new perspective. What is the, <laughs> You know I want to say, what is it? Flip it and reverse it? Yeah. <laughs> Missy Elliott. I'm so hip. <laughs> <laughs> but that knowing how to, like, handle that constructive criticism is a really important piece of be, being self-aware, being able to embrace what your s- strengths are, and in- improving on the areas that may, like... I feel like it's always a weird thing to refer to them as weaknesses, but we Mm. all have areas that aren't like... Of improvement. (laughs) Yeah, areas that aren't our power move. And so what is it that we can do and understand about ourselves and like take this feedback and grasp it and look it in the face and be like, I know how to handle you without judgment. (laughs) Yes, but it's so true. Like just being able to notice it and like know what kind of power that gives you like in a, in a scary way knowing like where your like your short 
shortcomings happen helps you kind of navigate everything so much better. It makes your strength stronger. Mm -hmm. It helps you kind of like minimize going in a direction that's going to magnify your weaknesses because you're super aware of them now. So I just think like, you're right. It's, it's not, it's, it is helping improve upon the things that don't come as naturally. And like, why is that bad? Yeah. Well, how can that be bad? It's time to speak it, Queens. Let's do it. Okay. So Brianna, you actually brought this this uh, topic to the table based on something that you knew a little bit about, but you actually heard about from a friend of yours. And tell me more about that. So there's this concept called the Jahari window exercise. And this is a friend um, who actually incorporated this into something for her own personal development. Shout out to Cindy. Because I love you. (laughs) Love you so much. It was one of those things that um, she had done as like her own method of seeking some growth opportunities. And I think that it was something that piqued my interest Mm -hmm. from the get-go of seeing it and and helping her through some of the stuff that came out of her discoveries. Um, But basically what that means is the Jahari window is a technique that helps people better understand their relationship with themselves and with others. And it was created by a couple of psychologists, Joseph Luft and Harrington Ingham in Mm -hmm. 1955. And so essentially you pick um, a series of adjectives that describe your personality. And then you also have others in your group, likely in this situation, a lot of the scenario in which this comes up is between teams and employees and coworkers. Um, and they pick adjectives that describe you as well. And so determining, you know, what matches up and what doesn't. And that allows you to identify what is known to you, what's known to others, and then also what's n- not known to you and what's not known to others. And so what we ended up doing is that we elaborated with kind of our own version of this. Like we created our own platform for our own little Q&A to get some feedback from people that we know and trust. Um, But then we elaborated with a couple um, requests for scenarios in which these positive and um, opportunities for improvement traits Mm -hmm. came up. Um, And we're going to dive into uh, some of the things that we learned from that a little bit later. Uh, But that kind of starts out like the reason why we wanted to come to this feedback episode with like the who, because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, where do I start? How do I do this? How do I incorporate this? And this is something that you can do on your own mm-hmm. um, with people that you trust, whether it's professional or friends. And I think it's a really good opportunity to kind of like set the stage for just something that you're doing if you're looking for individual feedback f- from square one. Right. Yeah, I think that's the thing that, again, I really didn't consider about, like, I really like asking for feedback, but I kind of just, it's usually from, like, my my work perspective more so than, like, my personal perspective. So this was a great exercise because it was mostly, actually, for me, people that are my, like, in part of my personal relationship life. And I think that that made a difference in in kind of internalizing what it was. But I think it's also something that you think about when you are asking for, if you're not doing the Jahari window exercise and you're actually just thinking like, I really need to improve upon some things. Like, let me see what people think. And one of the things I had read was really asking for feedback from someone you respect. And again, like not that I, I obviously have the utmost respect for the people that I work with, but again, it's something that I didn't think about 
prior to that. I wasn't like, I respect this person. I'm going to ask them specifically. I just also happen to super respect the people that I work for. So I think making sure if this is something that you're going to do of people that you trust and that you respect personally is a really good place to start because it's also usually the people that won't always be the first to tell you what they, how they feel about you or adjectives to describe you or things like that. Um, And because they want to protect your feelings, which is totally valid. But I think talking to them about why you're asking and that it is an opportunity for you to improve um, is a a really great place to start. The other thing that's talked about is having like a go-to question, which again, I, I feel like I learned so much. As a person who really likes feedback, I learned so much really doing a, a little bit more of a deep dive into this topic. But having a go-to question can kind of um, make the other person feel comfortable about giving you the feedback that you're asking for. So at work, it's like, what can I do to make your life easier? It's not just kind of an open-ended, like, what am I doing wrong? Or what can... what what do you think about me? <laughs> it's what do you what can I do to make your life easier? So in a way, it's saying like, these are the things that you're not really doing that much of. If you think of it that way, and you can say like, oh, okay, I'm not explaining my task list as well as I could be and going into things like that. Because I think when you say something like, what can I do to make your life easier? That's a positive coming at the person that you're soliciting the feedback from, even if what they're going to tell you feels like a negative. And Mm -hmm. I think that's an interesting distinction to make. So I appreciated that that question specifically because I think that it did more of a deep dive than it even lets on just from reading it the first time. And I think at home and with friends, it says, what can I do better to support you as a friend? And I was like, wow, that feels like a really good question that I've personally never asked a friend. And, you know, like... I also want someone to ask that question of me. I know. I'd be happy to share that. Yeah. And (laughs) and I think the other thing is, like, we automatically assume that feedback is going to be negative. I think it's just what we do. We talked about this in the beginning. It's just how we operate as people. I've read this great thing that was like, I always assume I'm going to get fired. (laughs) Like, when when someone's like, hey, can I talk to you for a second? It's like, it's over. It's done. How do I (laughs) pack my boxes? How do I get the heck out of here? Like, without anybody seeing me cry my eyes out. So, like, if that's our first if that's our first go-to for responding to something like that, you also have to think, like, is somebody giving you any good feedback at any, like, you know, in any kind of a regular basis? But the what can I do to better support you as a friend, I think really opens the door for someone to really think about that. Like, what kind of friend are you? And what are you already doing to support that person as a friend? But, like, everybody probably can use more support. I just recently thought about this for a few different people of being like, I guess I was being kind of selfish because I kind of asked myself that from the other person's perspective. And you really realize like, you, I, I think I'm a pretty good friend to the people that I love and care about. But I think that there are things that I miss and there are things that I can do better and notice more. And having that like mini conversation with myself was really helpful. So I think about like how uncomfortable it might be to have it with the actual person, but how beneficial it would be actually coming from them. And what's I think great about both of these is that they're framed from a positive perspective versus, hey, I need to talk to you. Right. Oh, I hate. I, I want like a show of hands from you all of how many people have gotten the, hey, we need to talk. 
and, then, and just melted into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> the impending freak out. Oh, it was all, uh, I like having a like hot flash just thinking about how awful that feels to get that. Like especially in a text. Like don't text that to someone. Hey, we need to talk. And by the way, I'm going to be in class for the next six hours, so I won't be able to talk to you. Like what? <laughs> bomb dropped yes and i will show up and i will come find you (laughs) you best believe um i think the other thing to keep in mind is that the person might not be prepared to give feedback that you're asking of them so that's totally understandable and another thing again that i did not think of of like looking at someone and be like hey i'm ready for you to tell me exactly how you feel about me is kind of a big responsibility especially as we talked about someone that you respect and doesn't want to hurt your feelings or something like that I think giving them some time to respond is the the respectful thing to do back. Yeah. I think framing it as a, hey, I know I've just asked you this in person. I'd love, like, if you don't have a response immediately, I know this is, like, kind of a big, a big question to ask. So I'll follow up with an email so that you can respond that way or, you know, just give your, like, let's cover it on our next one-on-one kind right. of thing. Like, giving them the opportunity to be like, yes. Because some people have that mind where they're like instantly able to respond and know exactly how to handle a situation. And then me, as I raise my hand, am very much a thoughtful individual where I need to sit and navigate that conversation and kind of like let the ideas and concepts kind of come to me because being put on the spot is nightmare and i think like and i i i respond pretty quickly to people i think because of like in my mind i'm like they need an answer right now so i'm gonna like shove everything to the side and make this happen and i've been told by friends who like i've been on panels with or been like who have i've asked them to be on panels obviously getting someone the, the questions beforehand makes a lot of sense so they can like marinate on it and stuff like that but i never when someone who i know is super chatty isn't in like a community table type of forum, I was always like, that's so weird of them. But eventually this person was like, I just need time. And I'm happy to like send you my thoughts afterward. And this has nothing to do with like the quality of the questions or like soliciting feedback in any way. I'm happy to do it. But I really need some time to like sit and think and formulate a good response for you because you deserve that or something like that. And I just, I never had thought of it that way. So I I appreciated the giving someone time because I generally don't take the time that I probably should (laughs) to like give, like give it some really good, um, like fully baked thought process. So I think being honest about if you're the person who's being solicited and saying to them, like, I'm going to need some time. I'll get this to you in a couple days. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, I As we think about more people that you can ask who are appropriate individuals, this, if it isn't, this is something that you should raise a hand to immediately of making sure that this is incorporated into your one-on-ones. Thousand percent. Whether it's with your team as a whole or your, just your individual manager. Um, I think whether it's on a weekly basis or a quarterly basis, thinking about hey, I'm working on this project, I'd love your feedback on this, or just being open to it, like as an individual, if you want that feedback, just kind of setting the stage of like, hey, here's a scenario in which this is like, I'm asking this of you because this is important to me. So kind of framing it it from the perspective of, I, this is valuable information for me to help myself grow. I think obviously 
most managers will always think about things from the standpoint of how do I make my team and all the people that are working for me are succeeding and growing and achieving the things that they want to achieve. But sometimes that's not the case. So if you have to be the one as the employee to set the stage for that conversation, make that happen. Right. Um, Because sometimes it is just saying like, this is how I function and this is how I improve and this is how I work and giving them a little bit more because sometimes, you know, your personality type isn't something that they've encountered. So having kind of an offset for that and being able to give them something that they can work with Mm -hmm. and time also like, Hey, I'm going to send you these things in advance (laughs) so I can get your input. Yeah. Um, I think also from a team standpoint, there are so many things that exist that help team building process happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in past scenarios, we've talked about Gallup Strengths Finder and just having an awareness of, you know, what your team's actual strengths are and who you can lean on for different things. Um, but also just something that's kind of come up a lot more lately is um, emotional intelligence activities. And I, I'll link in the show notes to this one um, from MindShift that I discovered, which I might incorporate into something Ooh. in my own personal life. Um, but it basically helps you identify and manage your own emotions and the emotions of others. And this has become such an important piece of working in a shared workspace or a collaborative workspace in any capacity. And the reason it's so important is because the number one skill is it, that employers are looking for is your, your adaptability. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I like that's... <laughs> Just identifying and managing your own emotions is such a big, just such a big undertaking that obviously everything we talk about takes practice. But I think this is the one that like, isn't just like learning to cook, you know, you're really taking a hard look at the person that you are. And do you react to things too quickly? Like, how do you react to things? And all of those like different pieces that make you who you are and how you operate in the work environment is like... It's just a super, super important thing to take notice of. And I totally agree about, you know, when you're applying for jobs and when even when you're in a job for a while and things start to shift and you need to kind of take notice of how things are shifting, like stepping outside yourself and understanding how everything is working together is going to keep you at least on top of, if not ahead of, everything that's happening around you. Yeah. Um, I also think that it is key depending on where you are in your life at some point to invest in a career coach because their unbiased opinion can be super valuable as Mm -hmm. you're kind of seeking a specific goal or developing your own personal growth in some capacity or professional growth. Um, They're probably going to give you some feedback that you're not expecting. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something magical about being able to dive into the why behind what you do and I personally have done this in some small ways, and what I've discovered has been so eye-opening. And to be able to talk with someone who can help you navigate the how-to of like taking that career development and the feedback that you're getting. And maybe it's like, hey, career coach, I have gotten some feedback and I'd like to use this feedback as an opportunity to to work through this together. (laughs) It's like professional therapy and it's so useful, but that's someone if you really want kind of that unbiased perspective, but someone who professionally is able to like 
navigate those conversations really well. Yeah. Yeah. And I like I was going to say it's different than a therapist, although like both are very important. I feel like in my arsenal of people, I want like a therapist, a career coach, like a guru of some kind. Like I want all those people because they manage different parts of who you are, although they are all connected in some way. And I think that's why the career coach when it comes to this kind of feedback is super important because they know like how to help you get the most out of it because they work with it every day and they know the tools that you need and how to utilize them at different times. And it's just a really valuable, um, at least a conversation to have, even if you're not fully into it yet and you want to have like a preliminary, like see how it feels kind of a thing. I think they can show you that what they're going to do is going to help you kind of work through those uncomfortable moments in your work life. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big part of our lives. So it's important. So how do we handle this critical feedback, Sid? Oh, wow. Okay. So there, I think there's a lot of ways um, to handle critical feedback without like freaking out about it. I think that a lot of it takes tact. A lot of it does take like a significant amount of emotional intelligence sometimes. But one of the biggest things that I read um, on from an article from Career Contessa is take some time after you've been given the feedback to like really sit with it and work through it. So I think it goes back to that first reaction that you have. If someone's just told you something that, and again, I know what we're talking about feels like it's all negative, but it's not. <laughs> because even when it's like, hey, you're a super overachiever, maybe you should chill out. And you, the first thing you want to say is like, well, that's great. So like, screw you. And you want to just walk away and slam the door. But I think like taking a beat and saying, okay, this person said something to me. And even saying out loud to that person, like, do you mind if I like sit with this for a little bit or just like acknowledge that that person has said it and then just say like, okay, I appreciate that. And I will be moving on now and find like a good way to be able to take time to work through it is the first thing in handling criticism that you either is negative to begin with, or was handled negatively by the person delivering it, or was positive, but you are all of a sudden all hot and bothered because you thought it was negative. (laughs) Because I feel like all those happen when someone says, like, I've got some stuff to talk to you about. Yeah, I think in that situation, it's so easy to get defensive. Mm -hmm. And instead of making excuses for why you've done the things that you do, um, either just sit quietly and don't interrupt or, you know, respond with the truth. Yeah. But I think most importantly, ask follow-up questions. So let them speak. And the things that you're unsure about or, you know, needing to navigate a little bit more, follow up with the question because there are a lot of things that you can and can't control. So understand what it is that you can control and get some guidance around how to navigate that yourself. And I think... um, one of the questions, because again, I like to be prepared with. You know. Like, how, how do I handle this? How do no I ask this? Um, quote, I hear you saying X, Y, and Z. Right. Uh, what would be a better way for me to approach this in the future? Mm-hmm. And that is just like exactly how you're going to get better feedback. Yeah. And I think paying attention to your tone when you ask that question too, because I agree with you, like, it's really easy to get defensive and be like, what do you mean by that? And like, 
notice your body language, notice your voice tone. Because even when you ask that question, if you say it the way that you're feeling it, it could come off as either condescending or super defensive. So being fully aware of like, and it happens really fast, I feel like, right? So it's not like, it's not like this elongated moment in time where you've got time to sit with it and then like internalize it and then respond. It might happen really quickly. So again, like something that takes practice and in maybe like a workshopping with a friend who can provide you either actual feedback or put you in a situation where they're giving you uncomfortable feedback and you have to like respond in some way. I think, you know, even just taking a beat to hear yourself and hear how you're saying it and notice your body language. And like, if you're super tense, like elbow or like shoulders to your ears and all of that stuff, like just noticing every part of that is really important, making that a smooth transition. Even if you go back to your office or room or wherever and just like scream your face off, don't let it show in that conversation. It's not going to be helpful. I, I agree with that. And I think another thing that comes up too is that it seems like, so first and foremost, I think you should know that this is coming, but if like I think a, so good, true. a good manager will make sure that you know, like, hey, we're going to have a conversation. But if it does come out of the blue and you're blindsided, um, I think an opportunity for – I think it's easy to be like – that's where the defensiveness comes in because yeah. it's easy to fall into that, that mode. Um, but if you don't know how to respond that – it's a perfect opportunity for you to say, hey, I need a minute to, like, settle with this and let this sink in and figure out how to, like – give you the information that you need or just respond in a way that answers the questions that you're asking of me. Mm -hmm. Um, But asking for time to, to like, hey, thanks for that feedback. I'm going to take some time to just work through this or like and figure I didn't out ha- how to do yeah right how to how is it that you can improve right what can you do exactly and I think like to your point about I totally agree with you there should be like a heads up of some kind that you're gonna get feedback but flipping it over to the personal side of things we don't always get that heads up from like a friend or a, no one's putting a meeting on your calendar right like hey I've got stuff to talk about with you because that like that for me again anxiety like through the roof <laughs> on something like that but it's it's that moment of like it is probably if you're no one would intentionally do anything like bad to another person at least for the people that I know in my mind but like It's still hard to take that in, but you're not going to get a heads up usually if it's like the personal relationship. And I've definitely been blindsided before by like, and it is, it's, it's good feedback. It's stuff that I needed to know. It's stuff that really did help. But I think checking yourself and you might be able to be a little bit more loose with like your friends or family members, obviously, but still like think about the productive conversation that you want to follow that and know that like freaking out is not going to have a productive conversation follow that. Like it's, it's, it throws things off pretty quickly. Oh yeah. I think, um, the one that kind of was a little confusing to me, but I once I gave it a minute, I was like, oh, OK, I get it. Um, it said, remember to say thank you after receiving the feedback. And I was like, uh, no, no, thank you. I will not say thank you, especially if it's negative. Maybe if it's positive, then I'll like throw you a, a, a thanks for checking in. But it's that moment where you're like, why do I get why do I have to say thank you when someone just told me that I'm doing something wrong or messing up? But 
after reading through what they were talking about, they said that like pointing out that like feedback can be just as uncomfortable like to give it as to receive it and noticing that that person like doesn't live to make you feel bad is a moment to keep them human and make sure that like you can be human back to them and acknowledging that what they did probably wasn't easy, even if it didn't feel really good. And it's hopefully coming from a good place saying thank you and acknowledging that what they did wasn't easy or comfortable. I think like lays the groundwork for a good conversation to happen after that instead of like huffing or even just staying totally silent, which is also in my mind, not cool. (laughs) Although you might just be like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. (laughs) It's like, I can't say anything because I will immediately shed tears. Right. No, but the thank you, I think, is really important because, again, no one is purposely giving you feedback to be like, you're dumb. Yeah. Stop. (laughs) It's like, I'm giving you this feedback because there's a problem and let's find a solution. Yeah. It's like, we're working this out together. So it's like, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate the opportunity to take this and grow. Yes. And so that, I think, is really where the thank you comes into play and not like, hey, you're a bee. You're the worst, and I'm out of here. Because as we keep mentioning, feedback is important, and negative feedback isn't necessarily negative. It's constructive criticism. It's an opportunity for you to improve improve and progress well and that's why i think focusing on like the what of the person is telling you and not how they're telling you because again if you're not an expert at giving feedback then it might not come out even the way that you want it to come out so like if you're sitting across the person who is delivering the feedback you it's really hard not to focus on how they're doing it. If they're like kind of twitchy or if they're like a little uncomfortable or if they're making a face at you, like think about what, like really focus in on what they're saying. Have a notebook in front of you if, if you need. But I think that what is the core of what's what they're trying to get at, obviously. It's not the how. And I think a lot of times we are quick to focus on the how and critique how they've said it and we've completely missed what they've said or why they've said it so if you're like they were like really fidgety and it was really uncomfortable and we were both just all over the place it's like okay but what did they say (laughs) you're like i don't know i have no idea and like do you really want them to do it again (laughs) probably not so it's I think that is, again, these are really hard things to do when you're the one receiving it, again, good or bad. And I think that, I think it's something we talked about for our active listening too, like getting to the core of what's going on is always going to help you recover in a way and focus on what you're supposed to be focusing on. So exactly like you said, like, what are the questions you can follow up with? And you can only ask those questions if you've heard what that person has said. And asking yourself, like, okay, what is the message that this person wants me to hear? And if it's not clear, then that's a perfect opportunity to follow up with a question. So I think the how of the way that someone is saying something, it's hard, it's easy to get lost in that when it's already an uncomfortable conversation, but trying to like put that to the side and and just really focus on what they're saying. And figuring out what you need to ask as a follow-up is going to help you make this conversation as productive as it possibly can be. 
then you want to put the feedback into practice, right? So we've talked about this a thousand times. It's just like anything that you're learning and and putting it immediately into practice shows the person that's given this to you that you're taking it seriously. They understand that you've heard them. You can see how it does apply to what you're trying to accomplish. It's not something you've just pushed off to the side and will continue to do things the way that you've always done them and you've just you've internalized it in a way that will help you both move forward and that you actually give a shoot about the conversation you've just had. I think it's a really great opportunity to to say I'm going to take this time to think about, you know, what you talked about and provide you after the fact with some specific things that I can do. So like following up with goals that you can set Um, things that you can actually achieve and put into practice. Maybe it's additional courses or training that you can take on your own time because you're now aware of like, hey, sometimes this piece falls to the wayside. Maybe I should actually learn how to do that more structured or more strategically Um, and just more opportunities to communicate better about those areas where that feedback, if you kind of see trends coming through Mm -hmm. of like, they keep bringing up this one thing. This seems to be an area of concern. So if that's the case, then looking at it from a different side of things can allow you to like better communicate and set realistic expectations of like, hey, I know that I am X or react this way Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to these types of things. Here are the things that I would actually like help me navigate these types of projects or situations with our work team more appropriately and so i think also keeping that cycle going of like you've gotten the feedback we set our goals now can i have feedback on this again right so it's just like a constant learning process you shouldn't just ask for feedback once you're always going to be asking for feedback (laughs) absolutely and i think there's just this moment where you think that um Maybe if you ask for the feedback, you've gotten it, but you have no idea what to do with it next. I think that just continues and not even just asking for feedback again, but checking back in on that feedback and like, how, what is my next step? How am I asking for help on this now that I know what I'm doing either wrong or need to do differently or anything like that? And that shows that you care and that you're really trying to get better. But I think there's just this real moment where you're like, the reason I'm not doing this the way that they want me to do it is because I don't know how. Mm -hmm. And being honest like that, I think, will help the person who's given you the feedback understand, like, okay, now their role is not to just have given it and walk away. It is to give it and then really, and not like hold hands through it, but like, figure out a system that's going to help you actually improve. And that's that's where everything changes, right? Like getting the feedback is just the first step of many steps, but it's the important one because it gets the ball rolling and gets you to the next place of actually doing things the way that either your supervisor or whoever needs you to be doing them. So. Love it. So now we're going to dive into uh, our little exercise, which, by the way, I will link to the example of how to do this from a work perspective and then what we created for ourselves for our unique Johari window inspired exercise. Yes. Um, we'll create a little PDF for you guys to use. Um, but I think what, just in general, what is interesting about this type, like the way that we structured it is best traits, top three. Worst traits, top 
three. <laughs> <laughs> Top 60. <laughs> and I think one of the reasons why, um, like, even just within the responses and the learnings, I think um, some of the stuff that I got back, um, a lot of people were apprehensive to refer to things as worst traits. Yes. And I think it's important to acknowledge that maybe that's a shift in conversation, too, of, like, maybe it's not a worst trait, maybe it's an opportunity for improvement, as we ended up, you know, including in the the worksheets that we shared with each other. Yeah. Um, But it is, like, everybody has the, like, you know, the skills or the areas of their lives that aren't fully developed or, you know, a zone in which they can get into their own head, perhaps. Right. Speaking to my own own negative traits <laughs> but I, but i think that those it also is important to be able to hear that honest feedback from individuals because that's where um i think we can dive into some more of the the like growth opportunities because it's giving you the perspective to say hey sometimes people perceive this of me and if i know this of myself i know how to navigate this my own way how do i communicate better right so that was kind of the reason why we had both of those categories um and then additionally asking for um situations in which this has come up with the individuals that we asked um and then uh additionally like what we have brought to them in in their lives and the experience that they've had. And I think, that, again, that's just, these are things where, you know, having this awareness of like, these are the things that I believe I project to the world. Is that being received by the rest of the people that I communicate with um, on a day-to-day basis? Mm-hmm. And what can we, what can we learn and grow from, from here on out? Yeah, this was a really interesting thing to do. I think from the moment that we decided to do this, I was instantly uncomfortable, but recognized that it was a very important thing to do for all the reasons that you said. And I think the part that I struggled with a little bit was picking the people that I asked feedback from. um, Because, again, I don't generally solicit feedback from my close personal relationships, but I chose to for this because I think... That was kind of the point, right? Like, I don't really know. I mean, I I can, I know we said anonymous, but my mom was one. (laughs) And I think I know pretty much what she thinks of me. But, and again, like when, when we shared these with each other, we like scrambled them. And so we didn't know um, who, like when Brianna took all of the feedback that she got from my people and then shared it with me, it was all scrambled up and all different and all like... It you, wasn't labeled. Right. Like so you it was couldn't just... have figured out who said what unless like I know some of the way that some of the people in my life speak. <laughs> I think the only way that it came up was like scenarios in which we've influenced them. Right. Because right. then you're like, oh... <laughs> I remember that. We've done that together. (laughs) And I remember who was there for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that was the other thing, too, is that in this, you can definitely ask more people, but because we were kind of structuring it for this episode as an example, we picked five people because... That's a round number. We wanted to hopefully get responses (laughs) from one person. And to the one person who didn't respond... Uh, to the questions that uh, you were supposed to do to Sydney, I know who you are and I'm going to find you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so scared. (laughs) If that tells you anything about my personality. (laughs) It doesn't. I want the truthful feedback. (laughs) You can send it to me individually. (laughs) We'll go over it at a later date. (laughs) But yeah, I think the the choosing of the people was stressful, but really helpful at the end of it. Um, And I think I was actually surprised by 
some of like if we're talking about kind of how it felt to read all of the feedback compiled together and not really know all the time who said it i was surprised by some of the things really and not like in a good way (laughs) (laughs) oh no it was like and not like i guess it's weird i'm like in this weird crossroad of like not in a bad way but like in a really like helpful way like in a Mm -hmm. way that I didn't see coming because honestly like not you know what okay as a total sidetrack lately Mindy Kaling has been like much more um like transparent about her accomplishments as a person and I think it goes back to she just recently gave a commencement speech at Dartmouth where she went to school and it was about owning your accomplishments so after seeing that I read her transcript obviously because she is phenomenal she has started tweeting in a way that is like, this is the show that I wrote, produced, and starred in, and now it's here. And this is the movie that I starred in. And and she's using at, like these descriptive words that like I have never really seen from her or actually a lot of women say like like own the things that they've accomplished. And I just thought that that was really amazing. And I think, and I have no idea why I started talking about that, but I remembered at the beginning. But it it like owning like what you are feeling and how you're feeling it and like really giving it power I think is really important and I think oh I know why because when I was reading the good traits I was like yes of course those things make sense I am all those things and I felt really powerful while reading them but when you get to the like needs improvement traits it's this moment of like I don't know who said that and it makes me a little uncomfortable because like who is feeling that way about me is like this like fluttery feeling in your stomach that you don't really know what to do with so I think it's a really good exercise because it is uncomfortable especially if you can like do it with a partner who can be jumble your answers so I thought that it was um it was really interesting it wasn't bad it was just like an it was a feeling I haven't felt before especially because I know the people I asked and I was like they tell me they love me all the time and they've never told me anything bad about myself ever in my whole (laughs) life so (laughs) it was it was different it was definitely different I think also it's funny that you you and I have as we all know totally different different brains (laughs) and so I saw all the positives and I was like people see me as intelligent oh my god (laughs) and it was like there were certain things that I was like hell yes thank you for validating that and that for me was actually like what I enjoyed most because it validated things about myself that I sometimes lack confidence. Mm-hmm. But that was also like a feed in to what is my negative trait, which is I have a lot of self-doubt. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Yeah, that was on your list. And so in that sense, to be able to hear some of these things, I wasn't actually as surprised about the needs improvement opportunities because that's where my brain lives all the time. Yeah, And I need to shift gears to being more embracing of the strengths that I have and the positive traits that I give off and now realize that other people see that in me. Absolutely. Which is really important. And I think both, it's actually awesome that both of us had like the opposite reaction to the feedback because that shows us something where it's like, I need to maybe pay attention to some of the things and how what I'm doing also affects the people around me because mm. it's not just like, hey, I'm not living in my head alone. Right. When you when I live in my head and overthink things, that affects my relationships. And yeah. so if you know that people are recognizing this in you, 
that's something to be aware of. And at least it's a conversation starter. Yeah. Because if there are things that are coming up, because in my situation, I don't know if I um, specifically said this earlier, but the people I asked were people I have strong professional relationships with, but also personal relationships. So it was kind of this um, dual-edged personality understanding of me from like they know how I work on a work basis but they also know how I am like we have a a close friend relationship in in that capacity so they kind of can see me from both ends and I think that that's important because if someone was just evaluating me on a sole uh, professional standpoint I think they would miss some of those things because one of the traits that came up is that I'm guarded (laughs) it was so for me um what I gathered from it is that things that there are areas that I can work on. Mm -hmm. And I think that with some of the areas of improvement are things like I need to be more vulnerable and open up to people and actually be honest about what I'm feeling because that's not something that's very easy to me and to know that it's recognized by other people, something to consider. And you're right. Like that's the thing I guess I didn't really think about when I was reading through. And I I fully think the things that I need to improve upon will also take like therapies help. (laughs) So it's like that was a big, not all of them, but like half, I guess, were ones that like you, I can't do on my own. Like I will fully need help in doing them. But it was really interesting to your point about like the way that that affects someone else is really important to take notice of. And I didn't think of it that way. I was like, oh, I must just like, this just must be me and just me and my world living in that. But knowing how, and I've been told this since this kind of came together from one of the people that I know I asked and I know responded, we had a a further conversation about it and I realized how much it affected them and their life and how they they respond to it differently every time because they're still trying to figure out what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And part of the selfish part of me is like, well, this is who I am. So suck it up. Like you're in. And then the part of me that is loving and kind (laughs) was like, that's the thing that I really need to work on. And this person deserves me to work on them. And, And I'm sure more than just this person feel that way. So it is like an opportunity to really sit back and say like, if this is going to help like other people interact with me and be close to me and find like ways to support me, then how, like, why am I not supporting myself in those ways and not seeing how it affects them? So it was a really interesting. Yeah. And I think being your partner in this exercise too, everything that I saw and read, I was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And is exactly some of the feedback that I would give you. Yeah. And I think as we navigate this, more because I think that this is something too like I it was like what are some of the themes that like we pulled out some of the stuff that you know made an impact for us but what is it that we can do now moving forward and I think that's where we're at is like what do we do next and maybe it's something that we do on our own time together yeah to figure out how to like not just be like okay I've gotten this feedback and that's that exactly like what we said in the beginning part is like we have this feedback in our hands, yeah. what do we do with it? And what are the things that we can put into action to just better embrace it? Yeah. And I think 
I need to lean into some of that self-confidence that you have a little bit. Well, and it's so interesting because I think a while ago when we were talking about the badass book and how Mm -hmm. at the end of every chapter it says to love yourself. And I think like I've started like actually saying that to myself on a really regular basis. And I'm like, what's not to love? You know, like I, I sit there being like, I, I am worthy of love. Like I do deserve to be loved. And it's it's easier for me, I think, to then like see those positive um those those positive pieces of feedback and be like, well of course, because I love myself. And like and it is this weird moment of like, I feel that about myself, so of course other people feel that about me. Whereas like the negative was not I was kind of blocking that, I think, for myself, or just accepting it for what it was, right? So like there's this moment when you're taking on feedback and you're like, well, this is just who I am. And when does that become who you are versus negative? Mm-hmm. And and it's it's this weird game you start to play with yourself of like, am I gonna change it? because is it bad or and then and then I look at my feedback and I'm like it is bad because it is affecting the people around me negatively and it is something that I really don't like about myself because I recognize that those are things that I do have and participate in and allow myself to be and there is a way to get better at it so it's this game that you play where you're like I love myself for exactly who I am but I also recognize that I have like major improvements to make in my life and they will take work and work isn't fun. So it's just like this constant, this constant loop of work that needs to happen. And that's exactly where the self-improvement piece or a self-awareness piece really comes into play is that it's you now just knowing that these things exist Mm -hmm. and me knowing that these things exist and you all knowing these things exist. And so everything is a holistic approach of who you are as a person and being aware of the what and the why. Yeah. Now you can navigate situations with full-brained approach of like, this is how I know I'm going to react to a situation. So how do I prepare accordingly? Because I want to make sure that this not so great trait doesn't come off and instead this trait does right absolutely and i thought it was funny how like you know as soon as we started talking about this i was like you're obviously one of the people i would (laughs) ask to do this so i think you know now like we talked about in the last episode about like this working relationship that we have in addition to our friendship i think doing this together for each other will help like us navigate the working relationship that we have just as much as we've navigated the friendship and personal relationship Mm -hmm. that we had and that's why like as uncomfortable as this might be for people who work together i think when you're building something with someone it is a really important maybe not in all work circumstances depending on what your work is but i think when you're building something intentional with someone that takes a lot of who you are as a person and you see a lot of sides to that person all the time it is helpful to get all of that kind of out on the table in a way and i'm glad that even though it wasn't us giving each other this feedback that we can see what other people said because i like i don't necessarily disagree with with what was said but it does like open up this opportunity because i'm sitting there being like i guess i didn't like I didn't know how other people felt and it gives us a chance to talk about it and figure out like, are you okay? Like, how are you doing? How can I help? How I can, how, back to the other question, how can I be a more supportive friend knowing what you're dealing with? Like it all comes back to that. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. I love it. I think we've all got 
work to do and we're always going to keep growing. So um, we'd love to hear from you guys about any situations that you've encountered, whether it's, you know, positive, negative, everything in between feedback and how it is that you're working with it. You're dealing and we'll, we'll obviously share all of this, but if you do the Jahari window exercise, let us know how it goes. Yeah. We want to know. Shall we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us on Instagram and Twitter at queen underscore speaking and tell us all about it. Find episode links and show notes at queenspeaking.com. See you next week.